episode number seven. Hello, friends. This is the Expected Returns Podcast. My name is Stephen Lutman. I'm a real estate investor and broker in the capital region of New York State. If this is your first time checking out the show, welcome. It's nice to meet you. Topics here focus primarily on real estate. However, we'll also touch on financial markets, economic data, and anything that impacts housing. A big thank you to everyone who supported the show by sharing episodes with friends and family. For people who typically consume the audio format but want to give video a try, well, I have good news for you. Visit sjlincoln.com video or subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching SJ Lincoln Realty. More video content is coming this year, I promise. So subscribe, 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 and make sure nothing passes you by. Next episode is the return of the mailbag. Your questions will be answered. So get them to me by any means possible. Direct message on Instagram. Email Stephen at sjlincoln.com. Twitter, Facebook. Heck, even the website has a chat bubble you can communicate with. So there are no excuses. Submit those questions and no doubt we'll have some fun with that. Nothing else to plug at the moment. Last episode, we were a bit under the weather, as they say, a bit nasally. But good news, your boy is feeling better. They can't keep me down. So let's get into it. Where I want to kick things off this week is with something I know almost nothing about, and that's clothing. No doubt my sweater game is very strong, but I'm by no means fancy. You'll never see me at the mall. I'm not a sneakerhead. I don't wear expensive watches. But if you and I were to make a trip to the Lake George outlets, I'll be happy as a clam. Some would say cheap. I prefer the term financially thoughtful, but I like finding a good deal. Who doesn't? Now, if there was something you've been wanting to buy and you've really had your heart set on it, and today it's 81% less expensive than its historical price, how excited would that make you? That's amazing value. But hold on. If last month it was 85% off, is it still attractive today at 81%? Of course, that's a no-brainer, right? The average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage closed out last week at 4.42%, a sizable jump from the 3% we were seeing as recently as November. For someone who's been eyeing a purchase or refinance, it's super easy to think, Jesus, I've dropped the ball here. Rates are way too expensive. now. With a short-term perspective, you would be absolutely correct. However, when you line up every single weekly average rate for the past 50 years, so we're talking about over 2,600 data points, rates are lower today than over 80% of the time since 1971. If you're watching the video version of this, we're now looking at the historical chart of the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage in the United States. Borrowing costs in 2022 are still a great deal. Did you miss the bottom? Almost certainly yes. 
it's hard to imagine an environment conducive to that sizable of a retreat, but we're not in the business of timing markets. That's for day traders and that sounds exhausting. But just like me loading up on cardigans at the end of the season sale, we want to recognize value when we see it. Next up, a few news items, but first a quick word from today's show sponsor, SJ Lincoln Realty, helping home buyers and sellers throughout the capital region based right here in the village of Balsam Spa. I've been a real estate investor for the better part of a decade and operate the office here as the licensed broker. If you or someone that you know has a real estate related need, let's connect. Stephen at sjlincoln.com is the email address or visit sjlincoln.com slash book a call and you can schedule time for us to chat. Stephen at sjlincoln.com or sjlincoln.com slash book a call. Now let's get back to the show. Back in 2019, Amazon said to the world, hey, we're looking at building a second North American headquarters. Cities, go ahead, shoot your shot, send us your proposals as to why you think you're the best fit for this project. And that's exactly what they did. 238 municipalities of all different sizes, big, small, everything in between, all sent in their bids. And the eventual dual winner was Northern Virginia and New York City. Some of you are wondering right now, but wait, Steve, I don't remember Amazon having a headquarters in New York City. Well, that's because politicians did what politicians do best, and that's ruin a perfectly good thing. And in this case, what they did was getting constituents all riled up over fears of gentrification and what many viewed as purposely misidentifying how tax incentives for the project were going to work. And it's the latter that I want to focus on. The proposal called for $2.5 billion in various grants and tax incentives. And in return, Amazon planned on hiring 25,000 workers. And this project was going to generate $27 billion of tax revenue over 25 years. So again, those numbers are 25,000 employees generating $27 billion of tax revenue over 25 years. Now, The tax revenue number was provided by proponents, so people who wanted the project to happen. So let's say it's exaggerated by 50%, okay? Maybe it only generates $13 billion. And maybe whatever would have been there instead of the new headquarters, whatever the alternative was, let's say that could have been responsible for $3 billion. So that's still a net of $10 billion of tax revenue. That's a 400% return on the 2.5 billion in incentives given out. Can you imagine how great this country would be if every tax dollar generated that much of a return? This is an example of an amazing use of taxpayer money. Now, earlier this week, the Buffalo Bills and New York State came to terms on a financing agreement for a new football stadium. Not everyone here is a sports fan. So a brief backstory, the Buffalo Bills currently play home games at 50-year-old Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. Given its age, claims that it's reached the end of its useful life, 
seemed to be totally reasonable. But now enter Terry Pagula, the team owner since 2014. Middle-aged, white, male, oil tycoon, billionaire, just checking all of the boxes for public sympathy. But he believes the new stadium is going to cost $1.4 billion. And shockingly, he doesn't want to pay for it. So here's the problem the city faces. Buffalo is the 49th largest metro in America and the second smallest amongst all current NFL teams. Remember that the city doesn't have ownership here. So if Terry decides he likes the sound of the Mexico City Bills or the British Columbia Bills, no one outside of the NFL really has the power to stop him. The other problem is that for the first time in decades, the team is actually really good. So a potential relocation would just be exceptionally difficult to handle. Well, good news for Bills fans. The team isn't going anywhere because Governor Hochul and her crack team of negotiators backed up the Brinks truck. New York taxpayers will be funding $850 million of the $1.4 billion project in addition to $13 million annually for upkeep and maintenance. The NFL is going to pitch in $200 million and ownership will be responsible for the remaining $350. Okay, big number for us to swallow. What are we getting in return? And by we, I mean taxpayers, right? So what are we getting in return? $27 million. According to a study ordered by team ownership, that's the yearly tax revenue generated by the team through things like payroll taxes on player salaries, hotel stays, tickets, things like that. So some quick math, the team signs a 30-year lease, and obviously that $27 million in tax revenue, that's not stagnant, right? That's going to grow over time as salaries grow, as hotels stays, increase in price. So we'll say it's going to be a blended average of $30 million over the 30 years. So that gets us to a gross revenue of $900 million versus $850 million of upfront funding for construction of the stadium, plus an additional $400 million for the maintenance and upkeep over those 30 years. For a total price tag of $1.25 billion, or a net loss to taxpayers of $350 million. Now, obviously these are pretty rough numbers, right? This isn't perfect, but I, I think you get the idea. We're gonna wrap up this episode with some economic data to keep your eye on. March's unemployment report is gonna be released in the coming days. February came in at 3.8%. March should be very much in line with that. However, do keep in mind that a good portion of March predated the interest rate increases we discussed earlier. When you make borrowing more expensive, there's bound to be less economic activity. And with less economic activity, there's going to be less jobs. So March's report, I suspect, is going to be about as good as it gets for the foreseeable future. China has shut down a large portion of factories in Shenzhen over COVID spread. Foxcom, which most famously makes iPhones, was specifically mentioned in the article I read. However, this is going to affect 
various types of household goods, appliances. So supply chain disruptions don't appear to be subsiding. If anything, they just continue to uh, get worse. Uh, good news, the price of oil started to retreat earlier this month. Uh, it did at one point touch over $125 a barrel, went as low as sub 100. Now we're right around 105. So hopefully the days of maxing out our credit cards at Stewart's are going to be behind us. So that's going to do it. Everyone enjoy the final four. Albany somehow didn't make it maybe next year. Enjoy WrestleMania. If you're into that kind of thing, rest in peace, Razor Ramon mailbag episode next week. Get me your questions. Steven at sjlincoln.com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, SJ Lincoln Realty. We'll talk again soon. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. (laughs) 